Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Crooked Conversations. This is your Crooked contributor and spokesperson for the culture, Simone D. Sanders. And today, I have the privilege of having a little girl chat. Uh, I like to call it the girl chat rap dress chronicles. You'll learn why shortly. But we're having a girl chat rap dress chronicles with United States Senator from New York, Senator Kirsten Gillibrand. Now, I love Senator Kirsten Gillibrand. Um, and the last time I chatted with her, we were having lunch, and she told me about postal banking. And let me tell you, I was confused <laughs> at first, but after um, her explanation, I just knew I had to do a conversation with her about postal banking. But with everything that's happening in the world today, we clearly just can't talk about postal banking. So we hit on a little bit immigration, we talked Supreme Court Justice nominee, uh, Judge Kavanaugh, and we also get to hit on talking about maternal mortality rates, which is something that unfortunately is not breaking through in the national media, but it's something folks all across this country are dealing with every single day. So I hope you buckle down. You're ready for a good meaty girl chat conversation with United States Senator Kirsten Gillibrand from New York. Thank you for listening. Greetings, everyone. It is your crooked contributor and spokesperson for the culture, Simone D. Sanders. And today, we are having girl chat. And I am having girl chat with one of my favorite United States senators, Senator Gillibrand. Senator Gillibrand from New York, how are you? Thank you for joining us today. I am so happy to be on your show. I am happy to be here, too. So, ladies and gents, um, we've got a lot to chat about in girl chat today. And we're going to kick girl chat off with something I know everyone is interested in talking about. Postal banking. (laughs) (laughs) Now... Senator Gillibrand. They're, they just don't know what it is. They, but they're if not they aware. they knew, they would really be excited. They are not aware. So can you yeah. please uh, educate the people on yes. postal banking? Because when we first talked about it, I was like, postal freaking banking. But it's something I think folks would be interested in. They and will, I would love to hear what yeah, you're doing Yeah, they will understand it, it uh, once we explain. So for most Americans, um, banking is something that uh, you may have access to or may not. And about a quarter of all Americans are either unbanked mm. or underbanked, meaning they don't have a bank account, they can't afford a bank account, they might not have enough money to meet the requirements of the bank account mm-hmm. from the bank. Um, and what it means is payday lenders and other uh, services that are predatory mm-hmm. take advantage of the unbanked and underbanked. In my state, uh, about a third of New Yorkers are unbanked and underbanked, and it overwhelmingly affects poor people and communities of color. And For a lot of reasons. Uh, Banks, for example, uh, are less prevalent in communities of color. Mm -hmm. Uh, For every 10,000 people, they only have one branch. Uh, In other communities, they have about three branches. A bank on every corner. Mm -hmm. I can't walk through Capitol Hill without seeing a bank. Right. So is postal banking the answer to this underbanked? So the solution is, is, and it used to happen in this country. It was actually in place from something like 1911 to 1966, something like that. And what it was is every post office in America, there's 30,000 of them, would be able to offer you basic banking. And so offer 
a checking account, offer a savings account, um, small loans, uh, being able to send money. If you have family in Puerto Rico and want to send money to Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. today a predatory uh, service might charge you a good portion of the money you want to send to your relatives. And so we know that this predatory lending uh, sector is taking advantage of the American people. Mm-hmm. Uh, payday lenders uh, are a scourge. In fact, they're so horrible, they were outlawed in New York. Um, we've outlawed uh offering payday lending to our troops because wow. it's so predatory. Oh my so we've we've looked at this issue before and we know that these services are sometimes really hard and, and harsh and take away people's hard-earned money. And it, they make about $100 billion a year. The, so the payday the, lending people? The payday lending and other predatory services. They, they call it alternate financial services or alternative financial services. Mm. What they are, they're just robbing you. And so the truth is, is that we need an alternative for all these folks across the country, especially in my state uh, and around the country, who can't get access to basic banking because the banks don't want to provide it for people who don't have a lot of money. And so if you offer basic banking at every branch, every post office, it would help rural people who, uh, you know, for a lot of people in rural areas, Mm -hmm. to be able to drive to a bank might be really far. So having access to your rural post office is great. And it's really helpful for inner cities, communities of color, where the banks just aren't serving these these populations. Uh, And it's, they have lots of them. And it used to work. It worked really, really, really well. So what happened? Why did, one, why did postal banking go away? And two, how do we get it back? So when they put it in place... Uh, the banks have always been powerful in this country. <laughs> you don't so, say. So you just know that. You know that to be true. In fact, it took them 40 years to even get it in place wow. uh, in 1911. 40 years of working hard to try to get postal banking in place. Once they got it in place, they put a lot of rules on it and said you could only have very small amounts of money in your bank account. They put caps on what your interest rate for your savings account could be. Mm-hmm. And so over time, the banks basically just kept offering more and more advantages for people to move their money out. And so in the 60s, um, they basically got rid of it and nobody even debated whether that was a good idea or not. It was really largely not debated. And so now we know there's a need because it's a third of New Yorkers, quarter of Americans who are underbanked or unbanked. We know there's predatory practices uh, taking the place of what should be access to basic banking. We know people who are working hard just want to pay their bills. Mm-hmm. And so giving them access to a bank account is makes sense. And, and, and having services that aren't predatory also makes sense. So this is a common sense, elegant solution to a really big problem. And so we should all be for postal banking. We should all be for postal banking. And so is is there a bill out there that folks yes, can support about postal it's banking? Yes, it's my bill. It's yes, the postal, postal banking, banking bill. bill. <laughs> because, I mean, I, I think every, every many young people out there, especially folks in college, like I remember taking out an early payday loan because – I had things I needed to pay for and I didn't have the cash. Yeah. And I also remember taking like a year to pay that payday loan back um, because the interest rates uh, are, are just so high. Yeah. I mean, it's terrible. I mean, the, a payday lender will take away a good percentage mm-hmm. of your paycheck just to let you have access to your money. That's what's so outrageous. And there's other schemes. I mean, there's... Um, Prepaid debit cards, they'll charge you a fee every time you use it. That's your money. Um, rent to own is another mm-hmm. predatory practice where they'll basically, you want to buy a couch for 200 bucks, they might charge you 400, 500, 600, even 800 over time because rent to own charges you so much money. Um, 
So if we thought it was important to protect our service members from payday lending and some of these predatory practices, I think it's important to protect all Americans. And by just offering basic banking services out of our post offices, you solve the problem. I love it. So what's this bill? It's called the Postal Banking Act. The Postal Banking Act. Okay, okay. So there's this postal banking bill. Um, folks can go support it. Where mm-hmm. can we find you? Like, where If people want to email your office, who can we email to, to figure that information out? What's your Twitter handle? Maybe we can tweet at you. I think people want to want to tweet at you. Send so, Gillibrand. At Send Gillibrand. At Send Gillibrand yep. on Twitter. Okay, so if you um, care about postal banking, if you thought postal banking was interesting and you learned something today, tweet at Send Gillibrand on Twitter uh, and let Senator Gillibrand know that postal banking is what the people need. Now, Senator Gillibrand, there's so much that has been happening in the world today. I just can't bring you in here and just talk about postal banking. I'm sorry. I hear you. Let's go for whatever you want to talk about. Okay, perfect. Because this is a a real live girl chat session. So um, postal bank is important. I love it. What's also important is Supreme Court justices. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I don't know if you heard, Mm -hmm. but the current president of the United States has recently nominated um, a judge from the D.C. District Court to serve on the Supreme Court. So uh, tell me about your feelings about Judge Kavanaugh, his uh, his candidacy, if you will, for his nomination for the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling? And particularly, what are Senate Democrats doing on this issue? Because there are so many grassroots folks um, that are up in arms. They want the, the Democrats to block it. And I don't think they necessarily know how this works. Um, the Republicans are in power. So what is it condemning? What, what are you feeling? How do you feel about the nominee? And what are Democrats planning to do? And what do you want to tell folks out there listening about this nominee? I'm really worried. He is. He has a record that is so harmful to things that New Yorkers desperately want mm-hmm. and need. So first, and I'll just do the top five. Give me the, give me the, the, top, give me the five. top five. Okay, first, uh, he uh, does not support the Affordable Care Act. He mm. does not support... Um, having uh, universal care that's affordable because uh, when when given the opportunity uh, to talk about this issue, they had a, a case in the D.C. Circuit where he serves. Uh, he wrote a dissent, and he did not think that um, it was necessary to actually cover all people at a rate they can afford. He, he, he will not support making sure people get access even if they're sick. Mm-hmm. Um, this big debate over whether if you have a preexisting condition, you should be able to get care. He doesn't. He's not going to He's not going to support making sure you get access to care if you need it, if you're sick and and something that you can afford. So I'm very worried about his um, opposition to the health care law. The second thing I'm worried about is he does not believe in women's reproductive freedom. He Mm. does not believe that we have the right to decide when we have kids, how many kids we decide. In fact, he favors an employer getting to decide whether you and I get access to birth control. To birth control. I read about that, which is crazy. So the fact that he just doesn't believe in our our own reproductive rights, our own reproductive freedoms. It's a basic civil right and civil liberty of every American woman. And he wants to make that decision for you. Mm-hmm. So that is a huge problem. Um, the third issue that uh, I don't know if people even know how bad he is on it, but on guns, he's he's really bad. He wrote a um, dissent in uh, one of the uh, rulings on whether or not you can um, have access to guns in this country. Mm-hmm. And D.C. said, we don't want you to have handguns. D.C. said, we don't want you to have assault rifles and large magazines. Um, and
And on those issues, he dissented, arguing that you shouldn't have to register your guns, which is absurd. I mean, we have to register. We have to actually get licenses if we want to drive cars, but you don't have to register to get a gun. And he doesn't believe um, that a ban on semi-automatic weapons in a city like Washington, D.C. is constitutional. So hugely out-of-step views on gun violence that that is shocking and, and worrisome. Uh, something your younger listeners are going to care a lot about, this issue of net neutrality. Mm. He believes, he believes, this is so outrageous, he believes that the companies that sell internet services have a constitutional- Stop this. Constitutional free speech right, <laughs> free speech right. The company has you a constitutional keep from free speech right to charge you more. So, so the companies, the companies. Okay. So, and that leads the to the, and that leads to the last one that's just blood boils. He 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 doesn't believe that we should be able to have a consumer protection agency, a, a consumer protection agency that puts the worries of consumers first. He cares more about corporate rights, and so if you care about money in politics and getting money out of politics, one of the worst things this court believes is that number one, that uh, money is speech, which I do not believe, and number two, the corporations have the same free mm. speech rights as individuals, which means our hope of ever getting to publicly funded elections and getting money out of politics and ending the corruption in Washington becomes less and less if this man is on the Supreme Court. So he is a terrible choice for, I think, your listeners and for New Yorkers. He is somebody who's going to harm our core values. And then that doesn't even count all the other civil rights and civil liberties issues that I'm worried about, uh, including LGBTQ equality mm-hmm. and including all women to, women's uh, rights um, and including basic civil rights and voting rights. He's... He, he, <laughs> <laughs> There's He's, so many things I can tell you about <laughs> what I'm worried about this this justice being named. Um, I'm really concerned he will harm our basic core values. And uh, I hope, I hope your listeners and the entire American people speak out in all states. Like, this is not about uh, just a few Democrats and a few Republicans. This is about every senator in the chamber being um Talk to and mm-hmm. and spoken to and 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 having people stand up and speak out in every state to say this is not okay. We don't want someone who is so out of touch, so ultra conservative on women, on LGBT, on guns, on unions, on civil rights, civil liberties, clean air, clean water. Like the, the list just goes on and on. And we don't want someone who values corporations more than people. We definitely do not. I think the the folks have spoken on that. And so one, I think it's safe to say uh, you'll be voting no. If you, I'll be voting no. <laughs> you'll be voting no um what what's people want to know what are senate democrats going to do so i'm going to continue to speak out about why this nominee based on his record alone Mm -hmm. is so troubling to basic constitutional principles and values that we hold dear i hope through my advocacy and the advocacy of all your listeners from the grassroots that we can it we can actually influence the outcome by convincing senators, whether they're moderates, who are Democrats or moderates, who are Republicans, that this candidate is so out of step with our values and our and our beliefs as a country and that he should be voted no. So folks have to keep the pressure up. I think that's yes. an, that's a really everywhere, important point. All states, all the time. All states, all the time, everywhere. Call, tweet, show up. Um, because I, I honestly don't believe that this thing is all in the bag and said and done. Mm-hmm. I think there is power um, in people's voices. We have seen folks make waves and make moves and shut things down on health 
healthcare. Um, we've 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 won fights in this right. tough time. So I think this is a definite fight we can win. I also think it's important to know people keep I'm um, talking about this Roe v. Wade, right? Uh, and how Judge Kavanaugh, if he were appointed to the Supreme Court, would vote. You know, if Roe v. Wade came back up, and I. Tell the listeners because we just ran through his his feelings about the the reproductive autonomy or the lack thereof that he believes women should have. And so is the question of where he stands on Roe v. Wade asked and answered? It it, it is. He gave a speech to the American Enterprise Institute praising uh Justice Rehnquist's dissent mm. in Roe v. Wade for quote stemming the general tide of freewheeling judicial creation of unenumerated rights that were not rooted in the nationals in nation's history and tradition. He is saying this is not a constitutional right that he believes um, should be protected. And listen, our Constitution, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness for all Americans, basic civil rights and civil liberties for all Americans. That should include the right mm-hmm. to decide when you're having children, how many children you're having, and to make Make the healthcare decisions about your life and death. I mean, I, I don't even know if you want to get into a conversation of maternal mortality rates in the United States. But in the United States today, we have the highest maternal mortality rate of any other industrialized nation in the world. And if you are an African-American woman, mm-hmm. you are four times more likely to die in childbirth. So he is basically saying you do not get to decide mm-hmm. about your life. It is wrong. His view is unconstitutional. And every woman in America should be concerned. Every single woman. And I think the 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 the, the mortality rate is is an important point. Um, that's so jarring for me. Whenever I think about it, I think about the fact that Serena Williams literally almost died giving childbirth. She did a um an op-ed on CNN about it. And she 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 said she had a pretty easy pregnancy, but her daughter was born by an emergency C-section after her heart rate dropped dramatically during contractions. And she said that 24 hours after giving birth, she said she had six days of uncertainty. She had a pulmonary embolism, which I don't know if people know, but it's a condition in which one or more arteries in the lungs become blocked by a blood clot. And she had always had issues with the pulmonary embolism. She, she just always lived in fear with this because it's something she you know, known about for a while. She said so when she fell short of breath, she alerted the, the nurses, and this just kicked off a whole slew of things. And so Serena Williams, who has access to what I will believe some of the best health care on the freaking planet. Yes. Um, but imagine if it wasn't Serena exactly, Williams. Th- exactly. That woman would have died because they wouldn't have taken her concerns as seriously. Exactly. They might not have reacted as promptly they might have had their own biases in their view like that's the truth of the matter and and what the evidence shows Mm -hmm. is if you are a black woman giving birth today you are four times more likely to die in childbirth than a white woman in this country today and they've analyzed that you know across all socioeconomics Mm -hmm. and it came down to race and so it is a huge huge issue in America today and one that we have to take seriously so I do have a bill that I'm working on right now come on Senator Gillibrand you got a bill for everything What is this bill? My bill, it's called the Moms Act. So it's (laughs) modernizing obstetric 
obstetric medicine standards, and basically it would create a maternal safety best practices for all hospitals. Mm. And under the program, HHS would issue guidances, provide technical assistance to states and hospitals on how to prevent maternal mortality, where these mistakes are made, where uh, practices are really well done. I mean, there was mm-hmm. one one study I read was about one place in California where they just said, our goal is to get our maternal ma- mortality down to zero. And they stopped doing C-sections as often, which mm-hmm. is really relevant because if you get a C-section, sometimes your second birth is becomes at risk, particularly for uh, women of color. Mm-hmm. And so they started doing more uh, natural births. They started just having state-of-the-art practices and they're state-of-the-art now in the country. So it's preventable. And 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 one stat for this. According to the CDC Foundation, an estimated 60% of pregnancy-related deaths in the United States were preventable. Say that again. 60%, 60%. were preventable. And so that's why I think this bill is common sense because if it provides best practices to all hospitals and all um all states, you're just going to do better. And it will also create a grant program. So if a hospital actually needs more investment mm-hmm. to get it up to snuff, um, some of it is just having emergency um uh, what's the word? Um, technology in the room when you're giving birth. So exactly. to have something, if you go into, uh, you know, uh, a pulmonary embolism, or if you go into cardiac arrest, to have all the things that could, if you start bleeding out, mm-hmm. all the things that could happen already in place in the room because those minutes that are lost Going to, to get go the get the thing you need wow. and then to test to make sure she can have that kind of treatment, that's where a lot of these lives are lost. And so basic best practices would make a huge difference. And then you'd add to CDC a mortality surveillance system that requires states to report any pregnancy-related death or pregnancy-related complications into the system so then we can actually get the data to know who's doing it well, who's not. So it's a simple bill. But honestly, like, and and in this era of Trump where he's nominating justices who don't believe in women's reproductive freedom – this is an issue of life or death. And so we need all hands on deck. All hands on deck. And if if I can just say, I think it's absolutely ridiculous that a bunch of men continuously sit around trying to tell women what to do with their bodies. I would just like us to start regulating penises. And if so, (laughs) perhaps things would change. Yeah, if men got pregnant, well, yeah, I you, we you. wouldn't even be having half of these I conversations. I promise you, it would be a very different world. <laughs> Crooked Conversations is brought to you by Lumosity. If you're listening to podcasts, you're probably an inherently curious person. You like finding the connections between things and exploring new ideas. Lumosity was built for people just like you. Lumosity is the world's most popular brain training program because it's a fun way to train your brain with games created by scientists and designers. I love games by scientists. Sign up for Lumosity and take the free 10-minute fit test to get your baseline scores on three games and see how you compare with others your age. Yikes, that seems scary. With Lumosity Premium, they will even design a personalized training program. It's not scary, John. And there's 60-plus cognitive games and activities to challenge your key abilities like memory, speed, and problem solving. They give you lots of high fives oh, along the okay, way. that makes me feel better. And you can challenge a balanced <laughs> set of skills or isolate one skill you want to focus on. And you're training your brain, guys. Lumosity's brain training is built on a foundation of research and expertise to help you feel confident about your mental abilities. President Trump, I hope you're listening. Get started today. Go to lumosity.com slash crooked convos to sign up for a free fit test plus a 30% discount off Lumosity Premium. Spelled L-U-M-O-S-I-T-Y dot com slash crooked convos, plural, to take your free fit test and get 30% off Lumosity Premium. Lumosity.com slash crooked convos. 
Crooked Conversations is brought to you by Simple Contacts. I love when I discover companies that solve for those pesky tasks or problems we all have. Tell me more, Four Eyes. Can there be a company? (laughs) I was going to... Simple Contacts is a total game changer for anyone who wears contact lenses. That's me. If you wear contacts, then you know how annoying it is to have to get a prescription year after year just to be able to buy more contacts. It's so annoying. You're out of contacts, you want to just order more, and they're like, no, you can't get more unless you go into the eye doctor. What, what is that? That's that is so things. stupid. That is so stupid. Like, well, see, who's you... out there being like, I'm getting illicit contacts for my eyeballs? <laughs> the wrong kind. I'm going to, what is going to happen? Six layers. Well, here's the good news. Simple Contacts is changing all that by using technology to make renewing your prescription and buying contacts super, well, simple. Hmm. Ooh. Do they buy a blade factory? <laughs> here's how it works. <laughs> That would be a weird way to start a contact company, but who knows? It's a LASIK factory. Here's how it works. Using your phone or computer, you can take the Simple Contacts vision test in five minutes from literally anywhere, your couch, your office, the airport. A real doctor reviews your test in 24 hours and writes you a new prescription, and boom, Boom. fresh supply of your brand of lenses is on the way to your door. Fresh tax. (laughs) No more appointments, no more waiting rooms, no more overpaying. Simple Contacts brings the doctor's office to wherever you are, wherever you need it. And if you have an unexpired prescription, just upload a photo of it or your doctor's info and order your lenses in minutes for a great price. They do all the hard work for you. This is great. It's vision care for the 21st century. Simple Contacts offers every brand of lenses and their prices are unbeatable. The prescription is just 20 bucks. The contact lens prices are so low and shipping is free. Best of all, Cricket Conversation listeners get $20 off their first Simple Contacts order. To save $20 on your lenses, just go to simplecontacts.com slash crookedconvos or enter the code crookedconvos at checkout. Buckle up for some caveat legal stuff. (laughs) We want to mention that this isn't a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam. You still need those occasionally, which makes sense, of course. You you, you want to have a real eye exam. You guys aren't look at your eyeballs. Your eyes get worse over the years. It happens. But anyway, this is the most convenient way to renew a prescription and reorder your contacts if your vision hasn't changed. Again, check out Simple Contacts and get 20 bucks off by going to simplecontacts.com slash crookedconvos or just enter code crookedconvos at checkout. Give it a try. You know, thank thank me later. Thanks, John. You're welcome, Tommy. Hey! Yes? <laughs> yes, Tommy? Hey, Crooked Convos fans. The Wilderness dropped very recently. You can find the first four episodes on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. That is Leo, I think, or maybe one of their dogs shaking in the background. This is a podcast about the Democratic parties. It finds its way out of the political wilderness. Hence, the title, John Favreau. You've heard of him. That's me. The- Spent the last 10 months talking to Democratic Party critics and supporters, strategists, data nerds, policy nerds, and most importantly, voters. The first four episodes take us through the party's founding through 2016 and today and see current views of Democrats as well as what we're doing wrong and what we're doing right. It's a fantastic show. You should check it out. New episodes drop every Monday morning. The next one up is Backlash, where we dive into race and politics in America. It's fun stuff. Subscribe and listen today. John wants to hear what everyone thinks. It's going to take all of us working together to make change this fall, and we have a lot of work to do. I would also point out that uh, Wilderness is number one in the iTunes charts. Uh, now, some other shows like Love or Leave It never got to number one because of the timing of a show called S-Town. And um, Tommy's banging the microphone against his temple. But anyway, the wilderness. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free. Shopify.com slash podcast free. 
before I let you go, I also want to talk immigration. And currently right now, we've got this this Trump-manufactured crisis, in my opinion, at the border. Absolutely. Um, and we have women who are in these detention facilities who, in some cases, are being denied basic health care. We have had before this, you know, manufactured border crisis where the children have been ripped away from their, their parents and their family members. There were just... Judge Kavanaugh... He was on the side of folks saying that a woman who was in a detention center did not have, we should have kept her in the detention center longer so she would not have the right to to access the abortion that was was due to her, that she, in fact, wanted. Now, luckily, um, you know, some other folks intervened, and Judge Kavanaugh, he, his ruling was not the, the last one. It yep. was overturned. It wasn't the yep. last one standing. When we talk about um, access to health care, reproductive autonomy, um, I can't help but think about this conversation about immigration. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk one, um, talk to me a little bit about, you know, wh- what your work that you've been doing around this issue. Um, again, this Trump manufactured crisis at the border, because that's exactly what it is. Um, and then two, I want to talk about ICE. Yeah. So uh, I went down to the border mm-hmm. uh, just last weekend and I visited some of these uh, facilities. I was in Brownsville at a children's uh, shelter. Um, it was run by HHS. Mm-hmm. These were um, uh, unaccompanied minors that were... Um, coming across the border along with people who were kids who were separated from their families. Mm-hmm. I think it is morally wrong to separate children from their parents when they are coming into this country. It is morally wrong to separate families when they are literally seeking asylum. They are literally seeking uh, safety because they're either being um, uh their fear of their lives because mm-hmm. of gang violence, because of uh, community violence, domestic violence. I, I met a girl who was from Guatemala. She was uh, 19 years old. She was raped in Guatemala. She was fleeing um, an unsafe place. And she, the second I saw her and we walked by her, she started to cry. Mm. She was in tears. When we visit, this was a facility in, in Carnes County Residential Center where it was moms and children. They'd already separated the dads. The mm-hmm. dads weren't allowed to come. So all these women, they don't know where their husbands are. They don't know where. And if a dad comes with a daughter, they separate them. So she becomes an unaccompanied minor because they only have one facility in the entire United States that can then can put males and females in the same facility, which is outrageous. These people are seeking safety. We believe in asylum in this country. We actually believe in what the Statue of Liberty stands for, that we will take the masses, the tired, the hungry, the people who desperately need our help. We believe in it. And we're treating these people who are seeking our help like criminals. Mm. These are civilian. These are civil um, infractions. They're the same as a misdemeanor. Like it is not. So, so back to ICE. It is not the purpose of ICE to take these families, separate them, and treat them like criminals. Exactly. The purpose of ICE was intended when it was founded in 2003 under the Bush administration. Intended to be able to fight terrorism, mm-hmm. to be able to fight human trafficking, gun trafficking, um, criminal activity at the border. They were not intended to do this at all. And so we should be focused on how do we keep families together? Mm-hmm. How do we have comprehensive immigration reform? How do we make sure that immigration can be tre- treated as a humanitarian issue mm-hmm. that it is and that the criminal efforts can be done separately? And so that's why so many people are against ICE and want to reimagine it, want to see it 
absolutely run in a very different way and separate out these responsibilities because immigration should be much more about humanitarian issues, the economy, things mm-hmm. that immigration has always been. Because at the end of the day, immigration is our strength in this country. What makes our community so strong is our diversity. That's what makes our economy so strong. So we're treating these families in need as criminals and and then locking them up. So back to these facilities I visited. They're both prisons. They're you know one, Thank you for saying they're that. They're both prisons. Thank you. And I'll explain. Like the first facility was uh, an HHS facility that was in Brownsville. Mm-hmm. It was for boys who are age 10 to to 17 because the day they turn 18, they call ICE and deport them, literally, the day. And so this facility um, was uh, in a Walmart with no windows, absolutely institutional. The kids all wear the same clothes. They only can walk in lines. They, they, they it, it's, it's like... A prison. I mean, it they can't leave. Like jail when me. I asked them, "What's your favorite? Do you like to be inside or outside?" They said, "Outside." And they only get mm. to go outside two hours a day. Mm. So these are kids who are just locked up in a Walmart until their sponsor comes through, until they they can be reunited with their families, until something. They might be there for very long times, indefinite amount of time. It's not right. And you know, this administration says you know zero tolerance is supposed to to prevent them from coming. They're still coming because they're still gang violence and horrible mm-hmm. conditions in their countries that they're fleeing from. So it's not ending the the migration, one. And number two, it's creating a, a, a chilling effect for those sponsors because now ICE wants to go fingerprint all the sponsors and actually um, – Make sure they're all documented. And so if, if someone who is going to be that sponsor has anyone in their household that they're concerned about, they might step away. Mm. So it's going to dry up the sponsors. And we heard from facilities both at the border and in New York that that's what's happening. So it's really worrisome. This is this – is, it's a crisis, and families should be kept together. It's just that simple. Families should absolutely be kept together. I know people think, I know some some of our Republican friends might think this issue is going away. Um, but I would venture to say this is going to be something folks like yourself and people all over the country are going to continue to sound the alarm on and talk about because it is a humanitarian issue. Uh, these are kids that we're talking about. Kids, yeah. these are families, and uh, someday I hope we'll get to a well, immigration policy yeah. that is puts families And first. one other little fact, just for your listeners. So when I went to the Carnes county facility the mm-hmm. one for moms and kids um that's run by a prison system it's run by not it's run for it by a for-profit company called geo and they are prison system and so that's what they know how to do and so this is a facility for moms and kids and the saddest part of this visit is we went to see some folks who are about to start a, a religious service i saw moms on their knees with tears streaming down their faces. These are women in crisis, and we're treating them like criminals. Like criminals. What can people do? I mean, I I, I think folks on our congressional folks have definitely continued to sound the alarm. I know folks have asked for a litany of documents from the Trump administration, a litany of requests for answers, for a plan. Uh, I know that folks are challenging uh, the the Trump administration in the courts, but everyday regular people that are concerned about um, what's happening at the border that that yeah. that just can't believe the, the humanitarian crisis that is happening. Because it's sickening and it's sad saddening what can folks do because i i i'm i'm upset it keeps me up at night to think about what is happening to the the women and children in these facilities to to think about 
to think about someone having their child ripped away from them and literally not knowing where they are. Yeah. And come to find out that they're like 4,000 yeah. miles away. On there's the, like, hundreds what? of kids. And, and I don't think there's any plan by this administration mm. to actually reunite them. They've already deported some children under five's parents without their children. Like, as a mom, it's just so infuriating and so horrible. So I would just urge your listeners to speak out. Mm-hmm. Advocacy is the number one most important powerful weapon we have is to use our voices, explain to every community, every person, and every platform we have mm-hmm. why we care, why separating families is not okay, why we need to change our immigration policy, why this president uh, is doing something that is not only inhumane, but but contrary to the American dream and our American values. So speaking out, um, speaking fight against any any candidate who sports President Trump on this. Fight against them by running yourself if no one's running mm-hmm. or support a candidate who's running. So get, get politically active. Actually find campaigns to work on to support people who will get rid of this horrible policy. Uh, reimagine how to create uh, immigration policy that has national security and actually gives the people who are supposed to be doing this the ability to fight against terrorism, but actually put immigration in a much more humanitarian approach um, that is more appropriate than what we have today. So that's one thing. And second is help campaigns. And then the third thing is support the groups that are trying to reunite these families. And so there are groups all across the country, not-for-profits, that are trying to do the hard work. In New York, um, our our lead organization is Catholic Charities. But for example, when I was down in Texas, the legal services was called RAISA, and they were offering free legal services to these women to get them the asylum um, that they needed. But when I went to visit the facility in upstate New York, um, it was a not-for-profit providing um, uh, shelter to these kids. Um, They... when I asked them if these kids had lawyers, not one kid said they had a lawyer. So any type of not-for-profit victim services, any legal services organization that you know about in your state, in your mm. city, that's offering free legal services uh, to immigrant kids, immigrant families, I, that's where I'd put your your money. To the extent you want to help, I would f- seek them out and support those not-for-profits that are trying hard to help these kids. Oh, goodness. These are heavy times, but we have to do the work. Uh, thank you for this conversation. Now, before we go into Girl Chat Chronicles, we are wearing wrap dresses today. Yes, we are. I feel like every time I see you, we have on the same outfit. We, 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 we are wearing wrap dresses <laughs> we today. Are. So this is a wrap dress I'm wearing by Calvin Klein. Um, it has a little checkered print. Yeah, it's, uh, it's fair. To the it's Macy's. edgy plus preppy at the same time. It's edgy, preppy, and it stretches. Yeah. Uh, where's your wrap dress from? Um, I don't know, but <laughs> it's blue because almost all my dresses are blue. I keep it simple at my at my day job, um, and it's comfy in the summer. <laughs> I agree. Well, thank you so much for uh, the Girl Chat today, Senator Gillibrand. I'd like to call this a Girl Chat Rap Dress Chronicles. Um, <laughs> we talked postal banking. We got some clarity uh, on the real position of the Supreme Court Justice nominee, Kavanaugh. And I think we gave some folks some real insight into what is happening at the border. So thank you for your work. Um, I'm glad you went down there. Keep up the fight. And We, we must keep up the fight. And keep up do the not fight. grow weary. Do not give in. This is the fight of our life. We have to fight every day for the things we believe in. And the most important thing each of us has is our voice and our vote. 
our voice and our vote. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Senator Gillibrand. Again, you can reach out. If you like this Cricket Conversation, please tweet at Sen Gillibrand. Tweet it to Senator Gillibrand. Let her know that you wanted to, to come back to the Crooked family sometime soon. And you can always find me at Simone D. Sanders. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked this conversation, please rate us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. (laughs) 